0: Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the On the Pony Express podcast. I am Billy Embody. We've got a lot of news to share with you because SMU has landed two more commitments that have jumped on board. We had a decommitment that we saw happen, somewhat expected, and we've got just a few things to wrap up as the month of June comes to a close, and I also go on my honeymoon wednesday if you're listening to this on tuesday so that'll be tomorrow so let's jump right in okay smu now sits with double digit commitments uh, in the class of 2023 as the month of june comes to a close 13 guys have jumped on board with the mustangs the two latest ones to join the class from opposite ends of the country two offensive linemen Alex Woods out of Treasure Coast, which is in the Sunshine State, my home state of Florida, and Sean Scott out of West Ranch in Valencia, California. The two offensive linemen jumped on board over the weekend, and uh, SMU got good news on that front. They also got bad news when Naredo Stoker, uh, Dallas South Oak Cliff standout, decommitted. So we'll jump right in uh, with this news, and let's lead off with Naredo Stoker, and this is one that you thought might have happened a little quicker just coming off of his TCU official visit, which he took in June. He decided to go ahead and open up his recruitment. He hasn't committed to the Horned Frogs just yet. We'll keep an eye on that, um, of course, because TCU is certainly pressing. But I do think that he is somebody that you know could very well uh, pick up even more offers this fall. He has a Purdue offer. Um, he's gotten attention from a lot of Power 5 programs. I think you're going to see his recruitment continue to take off. So it's not necessarily a slam dunk that he ends up uh, with the Horn Frogs, who uh, just lost one of their best commits in Trevor Goosby, uh, another offensive lineman, to Texas. Uh, but they are red hot on Naredo Stoker, who the on three recruiting prediction machine now has is a guy who will probably flip to TCU, but we'll continue to monitor it from SMU's end. I mean, he's a local prospect who, you know, SMU would love to have, um, you know, in in the long term and in the grand scheme of things. And that's because he is one of the better offensive linemen in the area. He's got the talent. He's got the size. Um, So a tough loss in that respect for SMU. You know, I think Naredo Stoker entered the spring as a relative unknown and then, you know, really got on everyone's radar once SMU offered. And, you know, for him to decommit, that's just kind of tough. But that's how it goes sometimes. We'll see where he ends up. But SMU did replace him with two true offensive tackles. In my mind, um, you know, Alex Woods is a little shorter. Probably could end, end up sliding into guard, um, but kind of has some length to him a little bit. So I think you know, you've got to leave leave the option open that he could end up inside. Uh, and let's start with Alex Woods because he's an interesting candidate. He's only been playing offensive line for 2 years. This will be his second year playing offensive line. His brother Antonio Woods actually played for Garen Justice at FAU back in the mid 2010s and he's a a guy that's certainly a work in progress right now. And that's a second, you know, prospect that Garen Justice has targeted who didn't necessarily play on the offensive line in this class. You know, Richter Connolly is going to be entering his first season playing offensive line. I think both Alex Woods and Richter, I mean, they certainly have track and field backgrounds. Richter's one of the best uh, in Texas as far as throwing, uh, I believe, the shot put. And um, Alex Woods also does track. So he's continuing to work with his brother who actually coaches in uh, the area, um, coaches offensive line in the area down there in Port St. Lucie. I think he's somebody that is definitely a sleeper. You know, I mean, he is raw. um, And kind of same goes for Richter Connolly, but we love his measurables a little bit more. And we love his strength, and we love his ability to throw the shot. Alex Woods is somebody that is going to take time to develop. You know, he's not necessarily somebody that is going to even be set up for success just because of the offense that uh, his high school at Treasure Coast runs. And so he's going to need some time to develop. So this is definitely a long-term play. This is somebody that Gary Justice certainly knows what he's going to get from a family background and a work ethic background. He seems like a really bright kid just talking to him on the phone. Really did his research. Um, didn't have too much else as far as, you know, who who had offered. Um, but he was at Troy, then dialed up SMU and uh, committed to the Mustangs after his official visit up there to, to Troy. But, um, you know, has a, a few Power 5 programs, at least looking at him and monitoring him as a senior. I'm very interested to see what his senior tape's going to look like. Same with Richter Connolly. Those are two guys that, you know, if you're SMU, You're taking a little bit of a chance to the fact that they haven't really played much offensive line. You know, at least Alex Woods has one year already under his belt on the offensive line. But you're taking two guys that you like the athletic profile, you like the upside, and you're hoping they pan out. So Alex Woods uh, jumped on board first and uh, did so. It was kind of funny. I got a text from one of his family members and said, hey, uh, Alex is going to go ahead and come in. I said, when? They go, now. And I, I'm not saying he clicked the button to tweet it, but it was funny. Literally right then, Alex was on uh, alerts for me and, uh, you know, it popped up. He committed and all that. So um, I know that's one I think they're, they're somewhat excited. Not somewhat. They're, they're excited about it. You know, a, I think for Garen Justice, he's been recruiting Alex for a long time. He went down and saw him in the spring, saw him work out. Um, they offered him fairly early. This isn't a new offer. This is somebody that Garen Justice has been recruiting for a while And then you look at Sean Scott, who is a really interesting prospect because he's very quiet, very under the radar, doesn't post much as far as recruiting goes. But he's got a terrific frame at 6'7", about 6'7", 250. So he's got that upside uh, to him as far as the length of of his you know frame and what what he could put on as far as weight goes um, I think SMU obviously sees him at offensive tackle he had Hawaii and Nevada offers and I do wonder if he had a little bit more going on recruiting wise just because he is that quiet on Twitter doesn't really post much as far as what he's what he's doing or any visits any pictures um, he just kind of went about his business and ends up uh, committing to SMU and um, We had on the board, if you're on the Pony Express subscriber, that both were on campus for official visits uh, early last week. Uh, So as you're listening to this, they were pretty much wrapping up their official visits. And that kind of sealed the deal uh, as far as these guys jumping on board with SMU. It was, you know, a good bit of confidence coming out of the program. I just wasn't necessarily sure what was going to truly happen with Naredo at that time. So we were monitoring that um, because it had kind of gone on past the TCU visit. And we thought, okay, maybe he's just not gonna do this out of the blue, but obviously he thought about it and decided to go ahead and decommit. That kind of opened the door for SMU to add these two. If you look at Sean Scott, I mean, listed 6'7, uh, 265 on his huddle, he's got a little bit of nasty to him, plays a little high, but he's got a huge frame. You know, I think he's somebody that could fit in very well on, you know, the right or left tackle spots, depending on which side he develops best at. Uh, he plays right for West Ranch out there in Valencia, California. He's got some strength to him. I was, I was watching one of his teammates' uh, Twitter videos of him lifting with him. And so he's got a really good frame. I think you get him with Sean Griswold. You let him develop. You let him continue to pack weight on. And by that point, you know, Marcus Bryan will be out of the picture. Jalen Thomas will be out of the picture. Um, whoever else is playing offensive tackle for SMU might very well be out of the picture with some of these veterans they have on this team now by that point maybe he challenges and and can you know get an opportunity to uh to see the field his his body type kind of reminds me of Dalton Perdue when he was coming out of high school I don't think he's as he's he's a little bit more lean than Dalton um, was coming out of high school but I think from a general just length aspect I think that's kind of who he reminds me of and so that's how I'd project him at least you know, long-term getting up into that 315 range um, and being, you know, one of the bigger guys on the SMU offensive line, without a doubt, and especially um, just from a pure height perspective. He plays a little bit of defense, too, for for West Ranch. Um, you know, blocked the field goal. It's on their field goal block team. Um, plays a stand-up defensive end spot for them. We actually like that uh, profile, being able to play both sides of the ball for your team and moves around pretty well, just his competition level really isn't that good. So, it'll be a, a definitely kind of a wait and see and on on both of those guys true developmental prospects you know garen justice when we met with him this spring talking about his recruiting and evaluation methods i, I think he pegged like the third year on campus so that redshirt sophomore season for offensive linemen is when he really looks to see them blossom and and you know come out of their their you know, g- developmental phase and become a contributor for a team, a starter. There are obvious guys that, you know, are really high-end prospects that can do it right away. But as far as overall his method, what he sees, and he said that before really even signing anyone, um, you know, at SMU, they held on to the two commits that they had prior. So that's kind of the approach he takes, certainly a developmental aspect. And then with the transfer portal, you can always supplant, you know with guys that maybe can play right away contribute right away if you need to have a stopgap, and i think smd's offensive line is now kind of teed up uh for that when you look at the depth that they added with owen condon with joe joe bissinger um who knows maybe they do somehow find another veteran offensive lineman to come in uh they could do that in you know the end of the recruiting cycle because they don't have that scholarship limit anymore um but The offensive line is a big priority still. That's four commitments on the offensive line. Reagan Gill, Richter Connolly, Alex Woods, and Sean Scott. Um, And somebody on the board had a great joke. Big missed opportunity for a Sean William Scott to sign with SMU. But um, Sean D. Scott is his middle name, so he's got it on Twitter. Anyway, moving on. Those are the two commitments that SMU reeled in. The dead period is now here. SMU sits number two in the AAC rankings right now just behind Cincinnati uh, actually a good bit behind Cincinnati uh, who has a class score of 88.388 SMU's 85.270 just ahead of East Carolina at number three and this is you know according to the consensus football team recruiting rankings which actually kind of takes your class average that you currently have and averages it out to kind of not award points to teams that might have 25 commits versus the rest of the teams in a league or the rest of the teams in the country maybe having like 15 so it's an average score that's developed based on the consensus rating Um, and we're still waiting on now Alex Woods and and Sean Scott to be rated so those will factor in Um, if you're looking at it from a national perspective SMU sits at number 53 overall in the country top commits in the class Damian Wimberly. Alex Kilgore, and Richter Connolly, all with a score of 87 and above. Jackson Lavender is the next closest one, sitting at 86.63, and then it kind of goes down a little bit from there. If you're looking at this class and what has been assembled, what's next for SMU? I think they still want to sign a running back in class of 2023. We have a story dropping uh, while I'm gone uh, with Brandon Brandon High uh, out of Texas, updating his recruitment. He's definitely one of smu's top targets along with kyson brown out of lancaster Uh, brandon high was on campus for an unofficial visit this past month Uh, you look at uh, kyson brown out of lancaster he made a couple trips up i think if you're looking at it from this perspective i think it's one of those two guys that they're really really pushing for right now to jump on board we'll see kind of how it all shakes out brandon high did take an official visit to kansas in june um, I don't think Kyson Brown really did much as far as recruiting. He's actually heading into his senior year at Lancaster, and he's got an opportunity to really break out uh, because he was kind of under the radar uh, having to sit out last year due to transfer rules. 5'11", 190, I think he's uh, really explosive. He was, he was really good at Tupelo and down in Mississippi, uh, made a lot of big plays. Uh, he, he thinks he can really break out. So I think he's taking a patient approach to his recruitment. Uh, makes a lot of sense to me. But he's got a lot of Power 5 programs keeping an eye on him just this spring alone. But SMU is the school that was on him really early on. Keenan Hall giving him an offer early on. But Indiana, Baylor, um, Notre Dame, you know, giving him some looks. I, I think he's somebody that as his senior year takes off because, he, you know, right now he's got JV film from Lancaster out there. As well as his sophomore tape from Tupelo, a lot of teams are in wait and see mode. We'll see if SMU could try to reel him in. I know he's a big priority. Brandon High, six foot two hundred already. Um, somebody that's a very solid three star uh, has a TCU offer, has UTSA, Kansas, Texas State, Louisiana, um, Colorado, Washington State. So a good group of, of programs have offered him uh, out of Spring Texas down there, uh, playing for Grand Oaks, but. You know, getting to talk with him, he, he really said that, you know, SMU is one of his top options. So um, we'll see how it goes with Brandon High. I think they do want to continue to f- look for a pass rusher. Um, they want to they look for corners. Um, you know, they have the safety position pretty well taken care of right now, um, at least as far as commitments go. If Abdul Muhammad plays there, uh, he'll be in the mix there. And then they also have um, – they also have – uh, Jaden Milliner-Jones, sorry, I was just missing him on the sheet there, um, committed, and they're really high on Jaden. could be a stock-up guy as a senior. They need to find an, another pass rusher. They need to find another corner, um, and, and those are key positions, of course, for SMU, and, and that's kind of an evergreen statement. It's like offensive linemen. You need pass rushers, and you need lockdown corners. So that's kind of where SMU is looking for the most part. Um, We'll see where things go and transpire transpire with Chris Parson, the Florida State four-star quarterback commit, who is actually at the Elite 11 finals this week. We're supposed to hear from Chris Parson. He did take a Florida State official visit this past weekend, so things might be in a little bit better shape there in Tallahassee than a lot of us had realized after he took Mississippi State and SMU official visits. Things looked like they were going to be falling apart Um, in a way, but lo and behold, he shows up and looked like he had a good time at his Florida State official visit, so we'll be continuing to monitor that. If SMU could end up signing two quarterbacks, that would be something to to keep an eye on. But overall, I mean, I think this class still, you know, you want to prioritize offensive linemen. They've gotten four now. We'll see if they dive into the transfer portal. Defensive line, pass, rusher, corner. Um, linebacker probably still want one more in there out of the high school ranks because they've got so many veterans on the team right now. Um, that's certainly going to be, you know, uh, the defensive side of the ball, I think is still going to be something that, um, you know, really they want to continue to address, get better, um, and, and give them some tools to work with on that side of the ball. So overall, I like what SMU's is doing in recruiting right now. You know, they they really took their big swing at a guy like Billy Walton who just flipped from Oklahoma State to Texas. Um, He was on campus for an official visit. Once the Longhorns started pressing, you know, that was one where you probably saw the writing writing on the the wall a little bit there that he is probably going to go, you know, play in Austin. But instead, you know, your your SMU, you took your swing, um, and Texas ends up pushing for him too. So it was tough for him to turn down. Overall, though, I think this class sits in a good spot. You know, 13 commitments on board. Uh, we'll see if any of them really blow up, and, and they're going to have to fight to keep some of them until the end. But um, we do have some interviews with guys like Richter Connolly, Keldrick Luster. We've had Reagan Gill uh, on the podcast. So we've got some of those dropping, and then we'll have some player interviews dropping, guys like Rasheed Rice, uh, Marcus Bryant, Jalen Thomas on the podcast later on for you guys to enjoy. So be sure to check those out this summer. We'll have those. Uh, coming up in the in the coming weeks, so I'm um, excited about that. You know, another thing we're gonna have for you guys on theponyexpress.com for subscribers. We sat down with Rob Lanier uh, and his entire staff for Q A's. We've got a q a and coming with rhett Lashley. Um, just got off the phone with him. A lot of good stuff. Um, so if you subscribe to on theponyexpress.com, you'll get those. Check us out with a seven day free trial to get covered with those interviews. Um, some really good stuff. You know, from talking with Rhett, Summer workouts going well. They really have prioritized you know the newcomers, whether high school transfer you know coming and in in and meshing with the current guys on the roster. Um, one tidbit he did drop uh, with me, you know, RJ Maryland really highly touted tight end who signed with SMU in this class, arrived on campus at 204. He's up to 220 already and it's only been a month on campus for RJ Maryland the standout out of South Lake Carroll. So he could be factoring in a little bit earlier than even expected. That tight end position, you know, they have Nolan Matthews-Harris, they have Cam Allen, they have Ben Redding, they have some guys that have been around a minute. They have some guys who also hasn't haven't played and haven't really shown that much, I think. They're looking for somebody to step up. Don't sleep on R.J. Maryland. He's a terrific prospect. He was really, really talented at, at South Lake Carroll, really productive in that offense as well, um, playing as basically a jumbo wide receiver. And I think he's going to be poised for a great SMU career. This really could be the first kind of homegrown, you know, tight end that comes in and sets records and things like that. You know, we've had, we've seen Colin Granson, we've seen um, uh, Grant Calcaterra, and, and some of these other guys come through. This would be a really, really cool story if RJ Mer- Maryland can explode as a true freshman in this offense. You know, Preston Stone and Tanner Mordecai still battling it out at the quarterback position. That's a competition that's going to go into the fall, of course. Um, but he did identify on the defensive side of the ball. And it's something that on this podcast, it's going to be no surprise. You know, the safety room is something they really want to see more out of after the spring. And you're know, watching them all out there and, and some of the guys are injured and hurt. That's a group that has to step up for this team to really come through and accomplish what they want to accomplish this season. Um, just They just need playmakers. They need consistency. They haven't gotten it over the last few years. And it's a big reason why that secondary was pretty leaky. And one of the worst in the country last year st- statistically. So, um, you know, those are a few notes to pass along from our conversation uh, with Rhett Lashley. Um, he's pleased with you know, where the recruiting class is. Uh, they don't really concern themselves with numbers. You know, now that the signing class limit is taken away, they can always go out and address needs as far as signing. You know, if, if a few offensive linemen um, transfer, they. Can go out and address that at any time because they're not worried about initial counters; they're just worried about that total scholarship number, really. Um, So that was one thing he mentioned. Uh, It really helps the colleges, you know, as as these guys can transfer, um, you know, the whenever they want now, pretty much. You know, they they do have the cutoff date, um, you know, for transferring and being eligible, but guys can transfer all the time. This is a situation where the colleges can now address the rosters whenever they want, which is important. Um, you know, SMU, I think right now is pretty is, is pretty set on where their roster is. I think we could see another offensive lineman if they find one find its way into the mix as far as the transfers go. But right now, this roster that they have is going to be the one that you know comes together. Um, oh, and I'd be remiss, of course, if I didn't mention uh, Rhett Lashley discussed Kamar Wheaton with us. Uh, his arrival, you know, I think he kind of you know, said, look, he's really talented, but he's also really young, um, and he needs to continue to get healthy and show that he can stay healthy. So, um, they like what they see so far with him running around. He's got more to say in the uh, interview, which, which we'll post while I'm gone. But, um, those are the, some of the key takeaways for me, at least just getting off the phone with him a few minutes ago before recording this podcast. So we've got a lot of good stuff to come on the while I'm away on my honeymoon. Hope you guys enjoy that um, content while I'm gone. I'll be back uh, July 12th, back at it, um, and we'll be ready for, for fall camp by then, all energized and recharged and, and ready to roll. So hope you guys enjoyed this final edition of the podcast before my break, and you guys have a great 4th of July. Stay safe out there. Enjoy the conversations we're bringing on the podcast and enjoy the content to come on the site. So we'll catch you guys later, and thanks for listening.